And we're in, we're in. Yo, yo, yo! We are here on the eve of D3 March Madness. And I have the privilege, the honor, to welcome you all to this hotly anticipated Megazord episode of the Balabatim, where we're joined by the veritable Mount Rushmore of D3 Hoops expertise. Uh, right now, three out of the four horsemen of the Macpocalypse, whom I can't wait to introduce in just a second. Uh, and we'll be joined by the fourth uh, shortly, hopefully. But first, we're fearing Tish tonight with the grizzled vet, a.k.a. the former Mac, a.k.a. the big dog. He loves it when you call him rough. Papa, it's Nathan Cohn. And we're joined as well by our resident stat head, a.k.a. the professor, a.k.a. the Oddmore of analytics. When the situation for the ball bottom is grim, he's the grim reaper. It's Shua Cohen Schlita. And finally, there's me. One half of the bandwagon boys, I am Ari Lamb. My other half, Simi Cohen, is playing pickup basketball tonight and trying not to get killed, uh, but he will be back with us very shortly. And of course, as always, we have with us the one and only, the mighty, mighty Mayor, mayor Wiesel on the ones and twos, engineering us to the moon. And as Mayor always tells me to tell you, please like and subscribe to the Ball of Bottom on YouTube. And guys, we're running the D3 Oscars here tonight because all the stars are in attendance. First, we have with us the Don Corleone of D3 Hoops Media, the man who loves our cherished Yeshiva University Maccabees so much that he gave us an 80-game win streak that we did not earn. He's the host of D3 Hoopsville. He is Dave McHugh. And we also have with us D3 Rain Man, a guy who crunches numbers like the Rice Krispies, baby. He's Shua Cone's spirit animal. You better call him Susie Durkins because he loves Calvin. He's Matt Snyder. That was a Calvin and Hobbes joke. And finally, <laughs> there's the man who truly needs no introduction, but I'm going to make him sit through one anyway. He's the prophet who first preached to Max Nation the merits of Larets and the thesis of Lambesis, the Balmusser extraordinaire who single-handedly turned all of cynical Max Nation into a relentless force for positivity, baby. He wants you to please keep bothering him daily about why use chance for a pool C bid. He's the chief rabbi of New York City. He's Bob Quillman. Folks, this is about as stacked a show as you're ever going to see. So uh, let's get cracking. Um, gentlemen, we're extremely, extremely excited to, uh, to have you all here. Uh-huh. May, all right. We're uh, extremely excited to have you all here. Um, I'm really just, uh, I really think we can, uh, there's so many like a jillion ways that we could start this off. Uh, but I'm going to start it off uh, with you, Dave, because you're uh, new here and we're so incredibly honored and excited to have you. Um, what has been your, oh, do we have, oh my God, oh my I'm so God. excited. You got to do an introduction now for Ryan. You guys, let's, let's hear it. Guys, well, I, we I now. I feel like he just didn't want Dave to get the first word in. Like he, he's about to ask Dave a question. That's like, that's. You got to do the introduction. Sudden, you know, he comes on the show. <laughs> and so, he wears a headset for this show, I see. Hey, you got. <laughs> I thought we were on Jewish time. Sorry. I was. That was fa because fair. Because I got 20 minutes for that. That's what I was told. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, I will tell you that uh, we are also pleased to have with us now the fourth Horseman of the Apocalypse, the fourth member, the fourth face on the D3 Mount Rushmore. Uh, it gives me incredible honor to welcome back to the Balabat and the best in the biz, a.k.a. the pastor of disaster, a.k.a. the GOAT of D3 columnist, a man who likes to tweet about the possibility of another Max home game this year just to watch Max Nation burn. 
He's the amazing Ryan Scott. We love all of you guys. And now I am bringing it back, baby. Uh, Dave, uh, we're so excited to have you on. You're the first, this is the, uh, this is the first time that you're on the ball of bottom, uh, unlike these other old hats. So uh, just- Yeah, I thought you guys had lost my email. <laughs> we just were intimidated. That's the truth. Um, so uh, I, I, how, much, how much more love do I need to give you? <laughs> <laughs> RT11, oh, baby. RT11, that's it. That's it. That's all we want. That, that so. is a rare thing, by the way. It's one of a kind. See, now we're talking. And that actually leads into my uh, first question, our first question for you. And that is, what has been your, you know, what's been your, as someone who kind of bestrides the entire D3 landscape like a Colossus, uh, <laughs> What, what has been your, uh, what has been your like impression of the, uh, the onset of, uh, of Max Nation this year? We're kind of new to D3 fandom. So what's it been like to have these like just massive noobs like myself come and start up bothering all you guys? Uh, where were you guys a few years ago? You know, this team's been good for a while, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm a bandwagon boy. These guys yeah, know. Clearly, not done a bandwagon. Been here for not done a couple decades. 2020. Not done it. No, so we were here for that, but Nathan and Shua have been uh, Nathan and Shua have been on this uh, way longer than I have. So I'm uh, I'm an absolute noob. But like, has been, what's it been like, kind of seeing all of these uh, crazy uh, nobodies who don't know anything about the vaunted traditions of D3 hoops, kind of come onto Twitter and act like they own the place? <laughs> First off, it's been fun. Second of all, at least you all want to learn something. There's a lot of newbies that we can all talk about who jump on when their team's good suddenly, or they're new to the college and find out that their teams are good and ask all kinds of questions and then tell us we're wrong. Um, that's not fun to deal with. Um, I, I've, I've enjoyed the fact you're all on board and you're willing to listen. You're willing to, to learn. You're willing to, to understand the sport better and, and you take a loss. Well, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, there's, I wish more, more schools were more ravenous like this. It, it, now it would, we're talking it would be a whole nother level. It would be a, it, it, I mean, it's already fun. It's already great. We get some ravenous fans. Don't get me wrong, but I wish there were, I wish there were more, especially on the East coast. Now so, we're talking. Go ahead, so coming out of the Mecca of basketball, right? Have you. Have it. Yeah. Dave, we finally have you on our show. I really want to hear, I, I remember the 2014 interview with Elliot when he said uh, national championship center really want to hear your honest thoughts. What, what were your thoughts at the time and how is that kind of adjusted as, as you've seen what Elliot's building over here? We can take Honestly, it. <laughs> you, you hear things from coaches a lot. And so you get really used to a coach speak. And so you learn to read between the lines and understand what they're really trying to say or what they're really trying not to say. And B, you you get very used to prognostications that are way too lofty. And I'm not saying Elliot's is way too lofty. I took him seriously. I, I chuckled at it, but I didn't chuckle at it because it wasn't something I knew wasn't true. I knew that's exactly what he wanted to do. Whether he could do it or not, who knows? That, that's to be seen. There's a lot of coaches who want to do that. But I chuckled at it because he was willing to say it. There's, you know, there's a lot of coaches, you, you have that kind of moment. They'll be like, well, we're just, we're trying to grow as a program, trying to get better, you know, first goal, be win the conference. And then, you know, we'll see where it goes from there. And you're like, okay, it's the same thing I hear from you know dozens of other coaches. And that's no disrespect to those coaches. They just, when the light gets turned on, turn into a different gear, you talk to them privately and it's a very different conversation. 
Elliot said it. Good for him. If it doesn't come true, we're not holding his feet to the fire for that. It, who cares? You know, there, there's very few national champions. So I, I loved it. And then to watch it happen, though, I think it's more impressive because I know for a fact it's to say one thing and get it done are two very different things. And as much as you have a niche that certainly can be exploited, and I mean that in a good way, it doesn't mean it's going to happen. I think I saw a tweet from Bob or something the other day talking about how my, a recruit might have been at WashU. Bob, forgive me if I've, I've got it wrong, but it just it goes to show that you can't always get the recruit you want, no matter the, the niche or the uniqueness that you have. And so the fact that he was able to convince guys like Terrell, granted, who came from the other program, to be honest with you, a guy like Katz, because I know the backstory on the Katz side of things and nothing against Harold. But, you know, I was kind of like, oh, okay, interesting. I, th I thought Harold would have wanted something else. But, you know, he's able to get guys to buy in. He, he was able to make it work. What I'll be more impressed by, to be honest with you, is if the rest of the athletic department figures it out and is able to buy in a little bit and figure out how to make their teams better. Maybe not as lofty as, as, this, as the men's team has gotten. I, that might be a flash in the pan. We'll find out in the future. But if they can start getting more recruits in and be able to succeed as well, just like Elliot did and take that page up, that I think would be the the, the real um, um, topper to all of this. You may have missed the YU Athletics tweet today about winning our first set in the volleyball match. So we're well on our way. Um, you know, I get it, man. Win of the year. We're well on our way. So, I get it. dude, I've been around enough athletic programs that those things are that they seem like a joke maybe, right. or they seem trivial, okay. but they're huge. And that can steamroll and pick up and just take off quicker than you could imagine. Trust me. I was on, I've said this, people have heard it. I forgive, forgive me if you've heard it a hundred times. I was on an Owen 17 soccer team. I know what it's like to be down there. And we were a good team. Don't get me wrong. We should have been 12 and five that year, but I know how it is <laughs> to build that. Year. Hmm? That's a rough year to should have been 12 and five. Do not one guy comes back. <laughs> <laughs> One guy comes back and our team's a completely different team. Instead, we have a freshman up at the forward position and it's, and he's, he's, geez, he's a quarter of the guy's size and a quarter of the guy's talent. It's, it's feast or famine for the kid. I actually felt bad for him. Uh, I mean, our starting goalie was all conference first team. I mean, we were a good team, but there's a lot of programs that, yeah, that first set is a big deal. And then it blows up from there or maybe it doesn't. I've seen it all. So I, I wanna so I wanna now start with the uh, uh, the Max pod because uh, we, we want to kind of touch on the wider D3 landscape because Max fans, one thing one of the most common questions that I know we all get from Max fans is like, what's out there? What's waiting for us kind of beyond the the Max Stern Athletic Center? Um, and boy howdy, uh, well, you know, please God, we're gonna find out. Um, and, uh, and ho we hope, we hope, we hope it's more than just, uh, Johns Hopkins university. Uh, we hope to find out, but as uh, coach Elliot said last night, one game at a time, uh, every single game from here on out is extremely tough. Speaking of coach speech, uh, coach speak, yeah. uh, but, uh, uh, Ryan, can you kind of tell us what are your, uh, especially since, uh, you know, you were just throwing, uh, uh, hope firebombs, uh, on max Twitter, uh, all day today. Can you give us uh, your your kind of analysis of the pod that the Max are in? We got Stockton, Wilson, Johns Hopkins University, and our beloved Yeshiva University of Maccabees. 
what is this is this uh is this uh an especially tough pot is a weaker pot? Like, how are you assessing this and where do the max fit in here so i'm not sure there's like a, a superpower in this pod but stockton hopkins and shiva are all really really good teams and i think when you talk one two three it's it's up there in a pretty strong pod in that sense um that you've got three really good teams as opposed to a, a number of the pods have maybe two and two in that kind of sense um I just think it's a good matchup for Yeshiva, right? I, I, I don't think Hopkins has the same kind of size that the Max do. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be as comfortable up tempo and sped up if, if the Max can get the pace going. And, and Stockton is a really strong team. It's probably one of the better teams they've had. Usually you see in some of these NJAC teams, they'll take some bad losses during the season and, and Stockton really hasn't done that. So that leads me to think that they're, they're probably a pretty strong team. They're going to be really defensive and that atmosphere. I mean, if you're playing them on Saturday night is going to be hopping, it's a big gym, but they turn out, you know, there's not a lot to do uh, if you're not gambling down in that part of the, the, uh, the state. And so they'll be there and it'll be a Jersey crowd, right? I mean, you're, your guys are, are from New York, so you know you'll, you'll have a chance to it. It's not going to be too intimidating, but it's definitely going to be a, a good South Jersey crowd for you. That's amazing. And and by the way, just the the kind of the the vibe of the ball of bathrooms were just a bunch of dudes goofing around. So any feel free to hop in uh, at any point. You don't you don't need to wait for us. But uh, just to to kind of spread the love around. So um, I I almost want to uh, um, I almost want to kind of look at the questions already just uh and we'll take we're going to take a couple of them not in order guys don't worry we'll we'll try to get to everybody here uh but from the comments we have uh rabbi sam drash uh shouts to rabbi drash uh question and this uh and uh 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 chief rabbi from rabbi to rabbi i suppose we'll make this uh chief rabbi uh, bob quillman i'm sure i'm missing something but in a tournament of 64 teams why are the max playing another top 25 team in the first round how does this stuff work yeah, so the, the short version... And are here, we getting a pool seabed? Sorry. You, you, there's no pool seabed. <laughs> but the, the short version story, it, it, and you guys have seen me tweet this about a thousand times. So the division through the D3hoops.com top 25 poll has zero bearing... Everything to do with how this seating works, has, right? <laughs> has zero bearing on any of it. It is a media poll, uh, the same as an ESPN top 25 or the AP. It has no bearing on this. Um, here's what Yeshiva fans have to understand is that if this was a division one bracket, this is the best way I can say it. And this is accurate. If this was a D one bracket that we're all used to with ones playing 16s and eights and nines, Yeshiva is about a 12 seed and they're a 12 seed because in the criteria that's used, they have some issues. Their strength of schedule is bad. And the results versus regional ranked opponents is bad. Two, two is a bad number and four, whatever, SOS. So I know that Yeshiva Nation's thinking we, have, we had a 50-game winning streak. We were ranked number one. None of that matters. Yeshiva is about a 12 seed. And in Division One, a 12 seed plays like a five seed. I've got Yeshiva in a great spot because I have Hopkins as kind of an eight seed. So I think Yeshiva has come out of this actually really, really good. Matt Snyder made a comment earlier that Keene State is a higher, is a better seed than Yeshiva and is playing a tougher team. So um, that's my short version of this. 
d3hoops.com top 25 not a factor in any way shape or form does that help it's 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 the strength of schedule really that that is where it comes into play um i think we've got two i think barry and wabash is the other one where there's two top 25 teams playing each other and that's the same thing barry doesn't have a very good sos so if you ever in the in the d3 hoops uh in the in the tournament if you ever see two ranked teams playing together in the first round, it's either because they're really isolated geographically and there's not any other choice, or it's probably because one of them has a really low strength of schedule. The one thing that our top 25 pool is able to do is use that eye test and figure out when a team with a weak schedule is actually pretty good. And usually we're pretty good about ranking them. I and that's what you've got with Yeshiva and, and Barry and, and a few others from time to time. Another thing to consider too is, and I'll do use the D1 reference Bob uses is, you look at the D1 tournament, top 25 doesn't mean Jack there either. There is, I, I think there may be some top 25 uh, use maybe in D2. I, I don't really remember. There's a couple of places where it's used and it's used it for reasons that are legit for that sport in that position because they, they may have some other issues on trying to gauge teams because it's a small sport spread out, whatever the case is. Otherwise, top 25s don't mean anything in the NCAA, NCAA criteria at all, period. Slam right. door. There's, there's no there's eye no. test, right? There's really no eye test when it comes to the uh, the NCAA criteria. Technically, even in D1, there's no eye test. Uh, it, granted, everybody right. sees each other, but there's criteria that no one knows about in D1 that's used to put those brackets together. They just they just fill their teams with a heck of a lot more than we are. If you look at the access ratio, Pat and I talked about it on the show the other day. You'd either have to have a D3 tournament if you want to compare numbers in D1 with 88 some odd teams in D3, or the flip of that is like 50 something in D1 if you want to compare it with how access is granted and how teams get in. So obviously all the top 25 teams get in. They can spread them around. They have neutral sites. D1 does everything. Trying to compare to D1 is a fool's errand when you're talking about almost actually even in other D1 sports, it can be a, a fool's errand to compare to D1 men's and women's basketball. And by the way, I love the transparency of uh, you know, the guests that you had on D3 talking about sort of the way in which they pick. So the, the, the way in which that is shared back is, is tremendous. Would love to see year some by of that year happen. Basis. In, <laughs> love to see some of that happen in, in other sports as well. But I wanted to ask Matt because, you know, we're talking about, and I, I, I agree too, uh, you know, with, with the, with, the group in terms of I, I like Yeshiva's matchup here, uh, and if I'm Johns Hopkins, I, I, again, it's it's a matchup, it's a scary matchup, but again, you're you're, you're feeling good too uh, in terms of getting a 12 seed, right? If you're an eight seed, you're you're feeling pretty good about that too to a certain extent. Um, but Matt, when I look at your you know, recently released sort of uh, you know chances to make it through different rounds, and obviously it's based somewhat on the matchups that might come, you know, during, in terms of the way that seating Hopkins is, is number nine, right. In terms of, you know, reaching Fort Wayne. So, you know, something tell something of the numbers is saying that that Hopkins is, is a pretty darn good team. And what, what is that? That's sort of popping out. Yes. Hopkins on my um, efficiency ratings, my computer ratings, no eye test, either margin of victory, who you play kind of, kind of things. Uh, they've been a top five team all year long, Generally speaking, right now, I actually have Hopkins as the number six team overall. I have Yeshiva as the number 10 team overall. Um, so to, to my computer, this is a very uh, interesting first round matchup, a very difficult first round matchup. It might be the most difficult game either team plays for three rounds. Um, and it's going back to the point that, that Bob and Dave and Ryan made the difference between actual team strength and criteria strength, which has these two teams kind of um, the two and three in the pod, we're calling them not in line to host, not the worst team. Um, but 
we've all known nationally Hopkins has been in the top 25. Yeshiva has been in the top 25. So these teams are both in the top half of the, of the entire bracket in, in, in my efficiency ratings, overall strength estimation. And, and let's, By the way, something to pay attention to for Yeshiva fans. Uh, as much as Yeshiva's been playing really well lately, Hopkins has also been playing superb basketball of late. I mean, they yeah. just beat, they lost the first two games to Swarthmore. They beat yeah. Swarthmore by 14 points in the Centennial Conference Championship. So Swarthmore has been playing superb basketball of late. Well, we spent the last previous, 30 minutes I mean, uh, John announcing Swarthmore, by the way. Just, I just want to those let two know previous we... losses, too, were close. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I watched one of them. I think I well, watched one of them. And, and part of that, too, is Josh Josh Leffler is one of the best defensive strategists that we have coaching in Division Three. He's just a, a master at kind of breaking down what the other team wants to do and keeping them from doing it. Um, I'm not sure he has the personnel to do that in the way they would like to in this matchup, which is one of the reasons why I, I do think Yeshiva is going to win that. But um, that also helps when it comes to the efficiency is, is – you know, he's just, he's just top notch at, at making it so hard for the opponents to score. Um, and, and that's one reason why they always look good because their defense is, is always stellar. Yeah. They look like a classic strength versus strength matchup here when it comes to YU's offensive efficiency yeah. and, you know, Johns Hopkins yeah. defensive efficiency. Well, what do we said on, on the show that one of the slowest paces in D3. Go ahead, Dave. When I said on the show, the, the NCAA show, this was going to come down to which team's defense was going to play better. Um, because we know Yeshiva's had some moments where its defense just doesn't seem like it's – I mean, Bob certainly was on hand. Ryan was on hand for a big example of when the defense didn't seem to be right there, especially at the top of the game. And Hopkins plays really good defense. It's a question, can they – I mean, their offense, I think, is pretty good, and Matt's numbers will will tell you that. I think I don't completely agree with Ryan on the depth thing. I think they got more depth than people realize. Um, and but sometimes, you know, people just aren't having a good night. They play a lot of guys. The trick with Hopkins, in my opinion, is not to let the moment be bigger than it really is for them. If they're trying to um, go out there and, and prove something or go out there and, and play outside of what they're really capable of doing, they're not going to do well. I've seen it happen before. And, and you know, Connor Delaney is basically his last season. He's ready to play, you know, play it off. He wants to prove something, but he's got to stay within what they want to do. And if they do, they're tough to beat. They got outside shooting. They got inside presence, but they're different than Yeshiva. And I think that's what's interesting. And that's why I think it comes down to defense. Well, it's going to be fun to watch the styles in this one. And, and you, know, uh, you know, as much as he may have something to prove, uh, there is nothing like having a fifth year player of that caliber sort of as your floor general. Uh, he's, he's some kind of player. And, it's gonna and by the way, he doesn't mind getting guys. physical. No. He's, he's first off, he's already physical. I mean, he's, he's built like a tank. He, he's strong as hell. But as we've said many times, he also plays, he was recruited to play D1 lacrosse as a long stick mid, midfielder. There's there's nothing that's gonna phase him. So and and the rest of the team's very much like that. And I, actually, that that's that's a good place because that's exactly where I wanted to go. That I think one matchup that we're really excited to see as uh, as Max fans, uh, Coach Steinmetz kind of dropped, you know, more or less confirmed last night that at least at some point during the game we're gonna see this matchup. Um, Connor Delaney and Ryan Terrell uh, will we can certainly we it seems likely that at least at some point we're going to see Terrell guarding Delaney. Uh, you know, so Bob, as somebody uh, who has never, uh, who has never ever said a word about uh, the best players in division three 
and has never gotten any flack for that whatsoever. Uh, how do you assess this matchup, Connor Delaney versus uh, Ryan Terrell? Well, it's interesting because you have different style players. So they both, you know, one of them is a point guard and the other plays point, some point point guard. I, I, I still don't consider Ryan Terrell a point guard. I consider him more of a point forward, but he certainly plays right. a lot of point guard. So you've got, here's the fascinating thing. If, if you use Ryan on Delaney, this is where I think the Max have size problems because like, I don't, I'm going to disagree with Ryan. I don't think Yeshiva is a big team. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think I do not view Yeshiva as a big team. I think you have a very undersized post in Gabe. I think Ryan is a wing who's six, six. And, and then you got a bunch of little guards. And, and, and of course, then you play Zucker or Armstrong, one of the two. I think where you're getting a problem is if you have to use Terrell to guard Delaney. Well, right. what are you Corey. doing with Tom Corey? Yeah. And what are you doing? I with want to see Gabe. Sydney, what are you doing what, with Sidney Tybal? Yeah, exactly. That that. So I, I I'm not think, as worried about Tybal. I really don't want to see Gabe being pulled out on such a knockdown shooter like Barry. Like yeah, that, it you, this whole team. You, you've got matchup problems with Corey in a big way. And and to me, if you have to use Terrell on Delaney, which you probably do, which you probably do a lot of the game, I just think you have a bad matchup somewhere at the three or the four. Um, the other thing I would just say generally about this game is I believe this is going to look more like the Illinois Wesleyan game in terms of you're going to see Yeshiva look like the smaller team on the floor. I really believe that now Hopkins isn't as big as Illinois Wesleyan, but I believe that game's going to play out and you're like, wow, they're bigger than us. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I feel like Hopkins has more size than Yeshiva across the board. I, so, I was just at Hopkins last weekend. I, I don't know. I mean, I would say that Hopkins is probably a little bigger than people would think they are, but I, they don't play a lot of big guys either, you know? And, let's just see again. I don't think, I don't think Gabe is six, six, and I don't think Terrell is six, seven. And let's just see when the two teams get onto the floor together, let's see who looks bigger. And I think that Hopkins is going to look like the physically bigger team. I could be wrong. Now that said, Yeshiva has a million other advantages that we need to talk about. Yeah. But I think I would be worried about the Terrell Delaney matchup because I think you've got issues at other places on the floor if that has to happen. And I think that's why you're going to see those lineups, right? I mean, I think I think one of the things that we've been encouraged by, uh, and Shua definitely encouraged by, because the the efficiency ratings bear it out. And I think this is the real contrast of styles you're actually going to see in in the I think in the crunch times of the game, which is. Yeshiva is going to play that smaller lineup and if they can shoot it well they may shoot you know they may shoot Johns Hopkins out of what they want to be doing uh, on defense or at least the personnel they may want to have on defense because Tybal may become less effective even though offensive rebounds are there you may have other guys becoming less effective bringing Johnson off the off the bench uh, and other guys that have size I'm just not sure whether whether John Hopkins will change their defensive style no matter what Yeshiva does but you're going to see that lineup I don't and think Nathan, when Nathan calls it small, uh, he's talking about anything with Gabe at the five. By the way, Nathan, you say offensive rebounds. Why use best defensive rebounding lineup in terms of um, pulling down percentage of defensive rebounds available is is with Gabe, Gabe at the five and either Matan or Jordan on the court. They pull down about – it's a lineup, I think, with uh, with Ofik, Oren um, – or, no, Ethan, Oren, Ofik, Ryan – Ethan, Ryan, sorry, Ethan, Ryan, Ofek, Akon, and Gabe, they pulled on 91% of defensive rebounds available. 
Um, when so they, they really play hard and they rebound as a team, which is what I really like about that lineup because they 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 know there's no traditional big in the lineup and they they play defense as a team. They they they're very quick and they they rebound as a team. And I really like that lineup. And I'm I wouldn't be worried about the offensive glass with that lineup in there. By the way. By the way, I, I don't <laughs> I don't buy the they can shoot Hopkins into a different decision. Hopkins is used to teams that can shoot well. Swarthmore is a prime example of that. Swarthmore was one of the early teams I started seeing the whole adage of take threes and don't, or something really close to the rim, don't take anything mid range. Hopkins is used to that. Leffler played in D or coached in D1. I don't buy anything that they're going to get shot into a different defensive system because suddenly you're hitting shots from outside. That's, that's what Hopkins is built to and and designed and seen and and no, I don't I wouldn't lean on that hard. I think the matchup issue for Hopkins is is number 11. This is a game where they have nothing remotely like a lockdown defender wing player that that can that can guard Terrell. So if they have if they have to put Delaney on Terrell, which I don't know that they would do that, but I think that's six six against six foot. I mean, Ryan is so good with his back to the basket. And if they go the quarry route or they go some other route, he's so much quicker. I think this is the, the one game where I, I don't know who in the world they're going to try to have guard Terrell, but whoever it is can't guard him. And, and it might be the, that they just tell him to shoot and go ahead. We'll shut everybody else down. Well, that, who knows? I mean, Bob brings will, up a great point. And, yeah, and I probably will, I, with what they say. I want to see Terrell. I think that he's perfectly fit to, to guard Corey. I think that's the right move because Corey's got outside shooting and he's big enough inside. Ryan can do both. He's also not one of the guys on their team who's going to run four miles during the game, which I think will keep Terrell a little fresher for the offensive side of the ball. I want, see, Delaney, though? I want to see, I want to see, yeah, yeah. I want to see Lasco harassing so, Connor Delaney. Now so, that's not going to necessarily stop him every time, but Delaney is the kind of guy who does not like getting frustrated. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, Lasco is the ultimate like water bug bouncing around in front of somebody who's really going to, I don't think it's going to stop him or keep him from scoring, but it's really going to mess with what he's trying to do. And shouts to, shouts to Ariel Adler in the chat and Zach Unger in the chat. And Jay Zuckerman as well, all of whom within like 10 seconds of each other made that Lasco point. So uh, shout, shout out to everybody in the chat. This is the most watched, uh, watched episode of the Ball of Botan that uh, we've ever had. So uh, it's, uh, of course, because of uh, Nathan and Shua's and my uh, good looks. But uh, in any event, before we kind of go, you know, go around and sort of pan out a little bit to the wider D3 landscape, um, I have been very publicly on record as objecting to all, and I include myself in this, to all of the heinous criminal jinxing of Yeshiva University that has been taking place this entire year. I blame all of you on Twitter for the uh, for any uh, hiccups that we've had this year. Uh, but so the out of the four of you, uh, the only one I, tr I trust to not uh, have horrible juju when I ask this question is uh, Matt, because uh, you're a numbers guy and uh, numbers don't jinx as hard as, uh, as anything that I could do. Uh, Matt, I'm, I almost don't even want to ask this question prediction <laughs> yeshiva versus hopkins what are we looking at here <laughs> it's going to be a great game that's the prediction it's it's going to go down to the wire it's done let's move on no no keep going <laughs> um i think hopkins is going to try to make it a deliberately paced game i think they're going to try to slow it down i think shua was hinting at that earlier uh they're one of the slower teams in d3 uh they're going to 
try to prevent uh, Yeshiva from getting the turnovers, getting into transitions, a thing that they like to try to get some points on. Um, it, I, my numbers like Hopkins by a, a barest of margins. So um, sorry for that, but I, I think it's going to be a great game. And I, I, and I honestly <laughs> think, I honestly think the team that wins this game is, is set up well um, to play Stockton um, or, or Wilson. Right. Um, and, and advance a round or two further. This to me, this is the most difficult game in the immediate uh, first three rounds or so for either team. That's fantastic. And now as we, as we, uh, by the way, I'm, very relieved that that was your answer. Okay, so now as we uh, as we pan out a little bit to the to the rest of D three, Dave, what what is what is for you the most interesting pod? I think there's a couple of them. First off, the lower left, the Washu pod with uh, Wheaton and Hope sitting in there. I think that's a fascinating set of games. Game. Yeah, they, I, and I loved <laughs> I loved um, Mike Shower coming on the show and talking about the 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 details behind the scenes of Wheaton and Hope's relationship with each other too, because everyone talks about Hope Calvin and they forget there's, there's other institutions out there. that are very similar. Uh, and we had a little fun with throwing Yeshiva into a pod, maybe with Hope Calvin and Wheaton uh, just to make it really wacky. Uh, no games on Sunday. They'd have to play games on uh, Thursday and Monday. I'm sorry. It's a holiday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I realize we're playing with a little bit of fire there. Um, I, I really like that pod. I think that one's um, one yeah, to really watch. Uh, I really like that uh, for a, a host of reasons. I'm actually intrigued a little bit with the Marietta one because Rochester's up there. Um, I was, I've was i been gaining more and more confidence that Marietta's got a run in them. Though I said on the NCAA bracket, Marietta has struggled to get out of home. They've lost home. I think almost every single time in the tournament they've been at home, they've lost. By the way, shouts to Jeff McKinney. We have some uh, Pioneers fans in the chat, so uh, let, let's Very go. Nice. So now they're <laughs> pissed at me. Um, but I think only because Luke Flakertsy is, you know, you talk about uh, Leffler being such a, a defensive guru. Flakertsy's a an offensive guru in my mind. He's been around so many different types of systems, including the system at Grinnell um, and Amherst and all these other places that literally when I was at Actually, ironically enough, I was at Marietta when I saw Rochester play there and they were warming up for their lead eight game or it was well before that. And I was out on the floor with with Luke. And I said, hey, you know, just talk me through some of the offense that you run. What are you guys trying to accomplish? He literally would say, OK, when the ball's here, we're in this. And then when the ball moves here and they do this, we switch to this system. And then when we switched it, he literally told me four different philosophies of basketball offense for one offensive possession based on the ball, the defense positions and everything. And I'm sitting there going, that's mind blowing. So we had a little Grinnell maybe in there. We threw in a little bit of Princeton offense. We threw something that Hickson does at Amherst all in one look. And so I think for Marietta, that's going to be a tougher out unless obviously Rochester trips up against Eastern. Uh, then I think Marietta fans would probably want to see in that opening weekend. Granted, there's tough games everywhere. So don't get me wrong. By the way, um, I just before before we hop onto some of the other pods, I just want to shout out that Tom Quarry is in the chat now, which is awesome. <laughs> shout to Tom. Um, we, rewind. We have someone named Thomas Quarry, but we are we are hoping. who's asking questions about Tom Quarry. We Max 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 Nation has lots of respect for Johns Hopkins University, so welcome to the chat, Tom. Yeah, we're so psyched to have you. Work it as hard as you can, there, sir. Work it as hard as you we're can. So we're so psyched to have you. Um, Bob, I don't know if you could get uh, Pete Lambesis to come in the chat. Uh, if you don't mind, just uh, That'd be cool. Just give Pete a little shout. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
moving, uh, I, I want to uh, kind of move on. What is, uh, you know, Bob, what's like a sleeper pod? Like what's a, a sneaky matchup that, you know, Max fans or, or maybe D3 fans in general might not have their eye on that, you know, we should all start getting excited about? Well, the cool pot is the is is the one in Texas that they you know they always have to figure out what to do with the island teams, and so if you look at you know they picked Mary Harden Baylor as a as a host, and the Mary Harden Baylor Chapman game in round one, there's not many round one games that are as even as that. I would say that Wheaton and Hope is in that ballpark, but you got Mary Harden Baylor and Chapman, and then oh by the way, Whitworth is right there with those two teams and Whitworth plays Trinity, Texas. So I think that's a pod that could be the best one out there for a lot of reasons. Mary Harden Baylor is the third highest seed. If you look at the criteria yet, they were picked to host because of geography. And so you've got the host playing Chapman. That's a higher seed. And then Whitworth on the other side's a higher seed. I love that one in particular, Ari. And Trinity's one of those low SOS teams that is not really a four, you know, in a pod. They're 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 sort of a you know twenty five to forty area in the country, and so Absolutely. that's that's a team that can definitely surprise as well. It's a, it's a and really I watched team. them take care of business against Calvin this year, so they can <laughs> they're good. they're good. They can side, beat, they can beat some teams. Side note: They were into the tournament before they played their championship game. Because they were into the tournament, no matter the result of that game, because St. Thomas, Texas doesn't qualify till next year. Talk about, we've yeah. talked about that quirk <laughs> out of Skyac because it's, it's been possible in the past. Oh. And one year it nearly did happen. And we knew that Trinity, interesting enough, it was Trinity again, was going to get it because Trinity had been the number one in the, in the, at the end of the regular season. In this case, St. Thomas was the number one in both mm-hmm. cases. So it fell to number two and it almost was somebody else. Um, forgetting who it was off the top of my house. Southwestern, I think. I could be wrong there. So anyway, Trinity, Texas knew they were marching into the tournament no matter how that championship game. So I I almost didn't even pay attention to the championship game because I figured that they didn't really have anything to play for. They could probably take the game off. Well, they sort of did. They sort of did. (laughs) Yeah. Kind of stunk it up a little bit. So don't read into that game too much. Just to throw it out there is um, the one not to forget about, and this was – one of the cooler parts of Mike Shower's interview with Dave on Hoopsville after the brackets came out is, you know, when the bracket came out and I saw Pomona Pitzer at Elmhurst pod, I was like, wait a minute, can that possibly be a coincidence? The bracket that got blown up two years ago because of COVID, the one where Yeshiva was going to play Randolph Macon, one of the other games was Pomona Pitzer and Elmhurst. And so I'm like, is that a coincidence? And Dave asked him, is that a coincidence? He goes, it absolutely was kind of an homage to two years ago. Well, we so did. is the Hopkins Yeshiva game. Yeah. It, it, and, I think, well, the WPI in yep. Harrisburg. What I love is yeah. that they actually, within reason, they didn't blow up any seating or anything, but they actually said, like they're giving a little homage to, to what happened two years ago. I love that. And so I love that, that Pomona Pitzer, is at Elmhurst and those are two fantastic teams. And that's going to be, if those, if they play in that second week or second night, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Good call, Bob. I, I even, I actually want to just piggyback off of that for a second. Uh, you know, we, we, we joke, we have a lot of fun on this show um, and, and we do, cl- we do clown around a lot, but you know, ultimately 
uh, yeshiva like a lot of the schools that uh, that we see. And I know, uh, you know, some of the ones that uh, you all are fans of, you know, we're a faith based institution and we, we take our values really seriously. And this has been, you know, this kind of hiatus that we've been on uh, from a tournament standpoint, you know, it's just, it's been a difficult time. You know, people have, have lost relatives. I know I have, you know, people have, uh, you know, people have had plans canceled, things postponed. Um, you know, Ryan, as, as someone who, who kind of takes the world of the spirit seriously uh, and the life of the soul seriously, and, and I know there, there are obviously more important things in the world than, you know, than uh, basketball, even D3 basketball. But what's it like, you know, as just uh, emotionally, there, there must have been something special about seeing the tournament back in action this year. Like, what, what's it like, you know, speaking of having a lot of these kind of redo matchups, as it were, what's it been like, you know, with the tournament back? I mean, it, it does feel extra special right it is is we're out of the rhythm of of how the year normally goes um and and in some sense i mean i feel like it's a little on the nose to talk about we've been in the wilderness for a while right here but it it is also for us i came here right after our ash wednesday service for us lent begins today and we've talked about that's a a period of of kind of reflection and thinking about your own mortality i have have friends dropping off twitter like flies for lent you know right and so but we've talked about how it's sort of been like that for two years right that you've kind of been thinking about your own mortality and you've been somber and all of that kind of stuff and 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 Lent doesn't really seem appropriate because we've been doing it for two years. And I think <laughs> basketball is a great way to come out of that, right? That we're, we're oh, yeah. coming into a celebration for the next month and, and we're going to just enjoy something that we have missed for a long time. The one thing I, I keep pointing out to everybody, and I went back and did the math. If, if uh, Oshkosh is our defending champ still, and uh, when it comes to tournament time, having only won one title, they're going to be just three days short of the length of rain that North Park had in the 80s when they won three in a row, right? Like they could, if they win the title this year, they're going to be the longest defending champions in the history of D3, having only won twice, you know? And it's been so long since we've had basketball, right? And, and uh, it's it's really exciting and really joyful to be able to do this again. That's, I think that's... On, the, on the individual level, right? And I think what, what's part of this is wonderful is, Right, the the fifth year seniors, right, the fifth year guys, and some of the other you know grad students and other guys who are get that shot. Is is there anybody you know in that realm or a senior that sort of you know you guys sort of you know even it may be playing against your team, but you're pulling for? Are there any players you know that you're looking at and sort of just glad you get another chance to watch these guys in the tournament? I think Buzz Buzz is the first guy that comes to mind for me. I mean, <laughs> Buzz Anthony is the guy that seems like Randolph Macon's the team that's been the most cheated by the whole COVID debacle. They have been near number one all of these seasons, right? And Yeshiva's certainly in that conversation too. So it was great to know that Buzz was coming back. And it's good to know he walks into the tournament on, you know, a top four seed, can play all his games at home, can get to Fort Wayne, and he's never gotten a chance to be on that stage. So that, that's the first, there's a million of them. There's a million fifth year guys, but Buzz Anthony at Randolph Macon for me is the first that comes to mind. The one I thought of was Jack Davidson at Wabash. Um, he took the year off last year to make sure that he could come back and, and finish up when they had a full season. He's a guy who came out of the gate his freshman year like gangbusters, right? He's well over 2000 points now because he's been scoring from day one that he showed up there. And we've never really been able to shoehorn him into the All-American team. And it would have been a real shame 
for him to graduate without getting an honor like that, which he's, I don't know what team he's going to be on, but I can't imagine he's not going to be on one of them this year, right? He's had a tremendous season. He's, he's really, really talented. And his team has stepped up like you would not believe. I saw them at Marietta uh, at the beginning of the year and they, they, they won, they beat Emory there and they looked pretty good, but they didn't look tournament good. Right. <laughs> and, and now they're, they're a legitimate, you know, top 10, 12, 15. I mean, they're right up there with everybody else. Um, and there's a whole bunch of seniors on that team. And, and that's one of those, that's, it's just a great story. And I hope they really do well. So, yeah. If go, I go, didn't go. pick um, Buzz Anthony, since it was already said, I'd probably go with Hardy uh, at WashU getting to see him. Um, Shouts to Hardy. It's an amazing story. I mean, for, I don't know if Max fans are familiar with this. Dave, can you, can you kind of, now, Max Bob can do a story? better job than I, to be honest with you. All right, Bob, so, Bob, you want to fill Max fans in? I don't think most, most people yeah, in Max so Nation are aware not, of this and they should yeah, be. If you're not following, I mean, Justin Hardy in the off season um, this past year was diagnosed with stomach or stage four stomach cancer. And uh, he was given about 18 months to live. And wow. he, he not only started playing basketball again, but if you watch the Illinois Wesleyan Wash U game on December 12th, he was an All-American. I mean, he was unstoppable. <laughs> and he was unstoppable in other games, too. What was the road game? Was it was it Carnegie or Case, one of the two? Uh, it was Carnegie. Well, I know it was Case. It was, it, was the case. Home, it was the home game against Case. But yeah, yeah, yeah he, that's what it was. Yep. He just he was crazy. He was ridiculously good. Career so night. Like, now that it's a, it's an incredibly difficult and sad because he hasn't played the last like three or four games in the Chicago game to close out the season. They brought him in in the final seconds to get a basket. And, and I don't know any other way to say it, but this is a guy that drove down the lane and nearly took off from the two feet inside the free throw line. It felt like and dunked on Illinois Wesleyan. And, you know, they had to get him the ball just to get a layup. And, you know, I hope it's just a reaction to treatment and medication and that this Friday that he's out there and he's playing and he's looking like himself. But the bottom line is you've got a guy that's battling for his life. And if you haven't checked out the Justin Hardy story, dig into it. And, you know, I know everyone's rooting for that young man. And it's a very, very difficult thing to watch play out. There's a there's an ESPN feature they ran. Um on their D1 coverage a couple weeks ago. It's on YouTube. You just, Justin Hardy ESPN, you type it in, you can find it. But he's he's also just a tremendous person. You know, like beyond the physical, I can't even imagine. He was going literally from chemo treatments to practice and games the same day sometimes. And uh, I talked to his coach. I did the feature that we put up on d3hoops.com yesterday. And what didn't make it in there is he is still doing SAT math prep with high school students like wow. this week you know, while they're preparing for tournaments and he's doing, he's in an experimental treatment. Now it's got to the point that, that, you know, they're really, they're really doing everything they can, but like, he's such an outward focused person as a servant and a selfless person for everybody on that team and, and everybody around him. That it's just, it's just a tremendous story that he's getting this recognition that he would get anyway. Somebody posted on the boards the other day, they said, we need to give him an honorary All-American. And I said, he may have earned his way onto that team, right? Like he's, he's had a great season regardless of what's happened. So, Well, and on top of that, he's got a teammate in Jack Nolan, who's also got a great story and yeah. got this extra year to play too. So I, I went with Hardy because his story is just the fact that he said, screw you and stepped on the court is why I want, I'm glad we're getting to see him play another season. For a lot of reasons, I'm glad to see we're seeing him play another season. 
Uh, but he also have Jack Nolan who's playing another season. It's it's really amazing. And and you know, please, you know, people in the Yeshiva University community, uh, we're all davening for Jack Hardy uh, for a speedy recovery, uh, and uh, he should he should live and be well. Um, as we as we think about uh, you know this tournament. So there are a lot of names that Yeshiva University Max fans are familiar with, uh, you know, who are who are legit kind of stars. You know, we're we're you know, we're all familiar with, uh, you know, Leritz and Lambesis. And, you know, we've heard names now like Jack Hardy. You just mentioned Jack Nolan, uh, you know, now a Connor Delanian as Tom Clark in the chat pointed out uh, is spelled with an E, not an O. Shouts to Tom. We love you. Uh, and we're we're so uh, honored. You're going to love him on, on Friday. Yeah, I know. Well, we're safe. Well, we're safe. That's we're safe. about Yeshiva. No matter what, we're going to love him. That, that's exactly. Just, just like we love Lambesis. Remember the I- 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 Exactly. Like, you should have oh, seen, by the way. Man. Dave, you should have seen. more fans asking for, uh, for Pete jerseys <laughs> than for Ryan jerseys. You should have seen, Dave, when these IWU players came through a T-neck where we live. It's a big oh, Jewish community, a big amazing. Yeshiva University, a fan community. They're going into Cedar Market, which is this big kosher uh, supermarket, and, and legit people are coming up to Matt and Lambesis and and Luke Yoder and Corey and uh, and Cody Mitchell and asking for autographs. Unbelievable! Uh, one of the coolest things that I've uh, uh, that I've seen uh, picture stuff at least. Um, so you know, Hashtag breaking news: Illinois Wesleyan moving to the Skyline Conference. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> I'd like our chances there, guys. Right? Strength of schedule <laughs> way up. Strength hard, of schedule. I was gonna say hard pass, but it does help. That would help our SOS. Um, no, that, they still play the Skyline Conference. <laughs> well, that's true. Shots fired. Okay, listen. You know what? Honestly, I will take this counter jinxing for the entire rest of the show. I love it. Just throw it all our way. So, so Dave. <laughs> Who are some? Who are some? Uh, and 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 Matt as well. I'd love to hear from you as well. Who who are some? Who are some other players that Max Nation might not be familiar with? Uh, who are just real great D three players that uh, that should be on our radar and that you know who who've earned their way onto our radar. Who's going off this tournament? Like and and somebody better say Azer because that dude is. Uh, there's a guy you, you should just be did. Tell, yeah, tell, you just mentioned him. Yeah, tell, no, that's a guy tell, easy. So tell easy us who that guy is. <laughs> For for everybody else, <laughs> I mean, Marcus asking Azor for a friend. Is a, he's a point guard that is unique in that he is a he's a big, physical, athletic point right. guard, and and he averages like nine rebounds and eight assists a game. And you talk about like a a point guard that distorts the game in a lot of ways, like Marcus Azor. So if you if if you can watch Mass Dartmouth, another the the best player in the country that no one talks about is, is Matthew Schneer of Emory. In, in my opinion, I think everyone else gets their fair share of pub. You know, Jack Davidson gets a lot of pub nowadays and Josiah Johnson, I think, but Matthew Schneer, the player of the year in the UAA, if you look at what that dude's done this year and leading his team to a conference championship, like 23 points, eight rebounds, four assists, shoots the heck out of it. He, I know this is, I know I shouldn't say this in, in a yeshiva podcast. He, he might be the best player in the country. He really might. He might be the player of the year. Um, he's in the conversation. Let's just say that. <laughs> and so like that, that's a guy that I'll, I'll open it up to other people throwing other names, but boy, those are a couple to check out. What, one name, by the way, just I'll, I'll shout out uh, uh, Tyrell Wheelings in the chat. 
uh, and a couple other people who brought this name up a bunch of times. I don't exactly know why, but uh, Penn State Harrisburg. I mean, he was ridiculous. Oh, that's what it is. Penn State yeah. Harrisburg. Oh, okay. Donnie now Baylor I know Carroll. why. Donnie Baylor Carroll. Uh, yeah, I was going to bring, I was going to mention him, but I thought you guys would have known him because he was pretty darn <laughs> he good in that. The, these other guys, these other guys, these other guys do. remembers him better than we do. No, uh, but yeah. he, he had a decent game against you guys, I thought, considering he was, he was, was otherworldly. I mean, otherworldly yeah. against He's a really good player. Hey, one I'm going to throw out there that's really kind of random you, to may, many, eh, to maybe some. Um, Jack Rogan out at Chapman. Um, now, it's a little bit more of a team game at Chapman, but Rogan's a really good shooter. He had a D1 uh, walk-on experience, preferred walk-on experience. I think it was Arizona, Arizona State. Um, I've gotten to know him a little bit because I've gotten to know his dad. Um, so maybe, you know, I've leaned on that a little too hard, but I, I've decided I wanted to go watch. He, he's a really good shooter. And if Chapman's going to make a run, it could be because of him. Um, the way he can shoot, the way he can score, he's unselfish too. Chapman's a really good team with a lot of good players, but Rogan's one maybe just to keep on your radar, especially yeah. if they start, you know, getting a win or two here. One of my real favorite players that, that I watch uh, consistently, you know, the, the team that's been the most consistent this year, in, in my opinion, outside of Randolph Macon has been Marietta. And the guy that makes Marietta go is Jason Ellis. Oh, he Ellis. is fantastic perimeter guy, 17 points, four rebounds, four assists kind of guy. Um, he He's another guy that doesn't get enough attention, kind of like Matthew Schneer. Um, but Jason Ellis, I believe he's the player of the year in the OAC, which is hard to do. Um, check out Marietta, check out Jason Ellis. You won't be disappointed. He's a fantastic player. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, a guy is a little different than the, than the, the trender. I really, I really like watching his leap by portrait from, uh, university of Wisconsin Oshkosh. He's just a superb interior player. Um, he plays bigger than his size, in my opinion, uh, just really, really controls the it's a great point because it, I was in Bloomington, you know, that opening weekend for Illinois Wesson and Oshkosh. And there's, there was a thought that Oshkosh was a small, a small team coming into the year, because if you look at their roster, the heights say six, four and six, five, but I'm telling you what, when, when you get matched up with six, five Levi Borchert, that dude is a monster. Yeah. He is as strong and physical. And so that, that is a great, pick Shua and, and you know if you get a chance to watch Oshkosh they're a, they're a perimeter oriented team but they're they're able to do that because they have this first team second team all-american caliber guy Levi in the post and he's fantastic on, on the team level you know as, as we get into there I, one thing I think if you guys can peel out even further back than this tournament but but we'll work it back I understand at least that the, the east coast and the west coast maybe you know when it comes down to Final four and championship don't end up sort of finishing uh, as well as I think it's, it stayed mostly in the Midwest and, and and some even some specific conferences in terms of champions. Who, who's going to break through this year? Who has that opportunity? You know, if you talk a little bit about that and sort of why that is in terms of the style of ball, maybe or whatever might be driving that, but who has the opportunity to really break through that this year in this year's tournament? I don't want to hear Matt answer this one. How, how far east do we count east? <laughs> Does it do you tell me Yeshiva University? What? <laughs> if, if we're are we counting, you know, we got to count Randolph Macon as east, right? We're not just counting yeah, them as like sure. south and east, but, oh, but the you're, you're, pick. look, you're, I was you're, wondering if we count Marietta as east at this point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, to me, is if you're looking at teams that that are outside of that that Midwest footprint, 
and who could win a national championship, I would say you absolutely start with Randolph Macon. And certainly a team in Atlanta would have to be considered in that. That's Emory. You know, Northeast, um, you know, that's a trickier one. You know, maybe maybe the options are are sitting right there in that pod you guys are going to be paying attention to, right? Like yeah. Stockton, does Yeshiva win a couple and make it like – but to me, Randolph-Macon is the team in the East that has by far the best chance. Yeah, one of the other ones, maybe outside shot would be WPI, if yep. only because a strong defensive team, and they've got two big guys. They've got a 6'8", uh, John Adams, and, and 6'5", Lothar, who, who are really good post players, and you have to have that if you're going to break through and win because the teams you face from the Midwest are going to be huge. Um and, and you got to, it's who we saw. I mean, even Swarthmore with as good as those all American guys were when they played Oshkosh, they were not big enough. Um, and, and you, you got to have some size. And that's always been my biggest question with, with Randolph Macon, if they'll be big enough to handle that size if, and when they get there. And uh, uh, I think WPI has got a combination of talent and size that, that is at least possible if they can make it that far. I also think Wesleyan's really good. I would yeah. love to see what they would do in like a final four scenario with different for, teams around the country. For Max fans, by the way, Wesleyan and Illinois Wesleyan are different schools. Different, yep. <laughs> Wesleyan's the original. Wesleyan was the first one. They're the original, the original Wesleyan. Sorry, yeah. Matt, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, no, great, great point. Um, so I'd be interested to see if they could make it to a final four and see them matched up with teams from around the country, different styles, teams they haven't played. Uh, I would be really interested in seeing that. Um, as I, and I'll be in Fort Wayne. So I would love, love to see a team like that there. And Christopher Newport too. Don't, yeah. don't overlook the captains. Uh, I, I'm, I like John. I, I like what they've done there. I don't know if this is the team that can make some incredible run like previous teams have. I, I don't know, but I do like kind of their setup here um, where they're situated. Obviously they're going to, if, if Yeshiva comes out of it, it they're going to be pay, playing Christopher Newport um, possibly if they can get out of their pods as well. So, but they're a team that is in a spot there that can maybe, can maybe do something with it. Well, that's an interesting one because they've been to the final four twice in recent years and both times with teams that we didn't quite expect. And exactly. what's, what's yep. a, what's a real yep. hallmark of John Krikorian's teams is they always peak at, at the end of the year. And the peak is, is pretty steep. Like they get very good by the end of the year, but with the C2C conference they're in now, they're used to having a really strong conference schedule to help ramp that up. And they just didn't have the end of the season like they normally yeah. do. And so we don't know if they've gotten good at the end of the year, like we normally expect. And so this tournament's really going to tell, you know, are, are they coming out like, like they have been really strong or is that lack of conference uh, going to hurt them? And then you go to the, you know, outside, you also have Whitworth, Chapman, Pomona and Mary Harden Baylor. I think all four of them have opportunities, but you should be keeping an eye on them too. Obviously some of them are going to have to knock each other off, but those four, I'm not sold on Whitworth. I think they're good, but I'm not sure they're that great, but they could, I mean, they're well coached. Jamblowski is, is a darn good coach and they, they have a good system. Mary Harden Baylor. I mean, Josiah Johnson, he's also playing injured. I've said that a few times. People don't realize he's playing injured and he's still that good. And by the way, for Max fans, Josiah Johnson, another player in D3 who gets NBA scouts at his games. I mean, it's not, yep. not, not just our guy, right? Right. And, <laughs> and he's, he's smaller stature, but he, he makes up for it. In just 
just uh, unbelievable skill set. I'll throw I'll throw it down that if he were not injured this year, he'd be averaging more points than Ryan. Oh, Jones. hands down. <laughs> Hands down. He, He'd probably maybe, be averaging 35 a game this year if he was not hurt. He, Yeah, I don't think Terrell's your leading scorer in the country if Johnson <laughs> doesn't have a, a banged-up knee. Um, I'll and then with Lamar, on more volume, but but fair point. <laughs> but, then, but then again, uh, Pomona Yeah, Chapman. Dave. Yeah, hey, hey, you guys called out jinxes that apparently I didn't do. But No, this is perfect. No, oh, I love this. this I, we got 30 more I'm so in today. favor of this. So in favor of this. By the way, By the way I want Speaking yeah, of ahead. Jinx, uh, tune in. Maybe by tomorrow we want to have something special available for everybody who likes the Jinx. Oh, um, thank God. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that one out there. And Buzz well, Anthony will be on the show. Plug it. Plug it. What time? What time? Who, who, yeah, what time does it start tomorrow? We'll, we'll be yeah, on at 7 tomorrow. Where can Janet the Max fans in. catch it? We're, we're going to be on at 7 tomorrow. We're going to have a lot of interviews. Buzz Anthony's one of them. Um, yeah, we're talking yeah, to infinity yeah. and beyond. I love and it. And we're going to have Johns Hopkins on the show. The women. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. The re- they're, this, they're hosting. That, that's they're hosting. They are hosting. Oh. We're and all the Newport. <laughs> We're so proud of them. We hope all the fans go. Yeah. To Johns Hopkins women's game. I hate to tell you we something. Are, we, Hopefully, where all the fans something. are going to be. <laughs> hey, by the way, just to back up, uh, not to derail you guys, but I do want to say, as someone who's in the Baltimore area who has worked in media here, when I saw the bracket in 2020, I started drooling because I'm like, oh my God, Goldfarb's going to come unglued. Like that place is going to be insane. Listen, I was, I don't know if you guys know this. I was working as an intern slash part-time sports producer at a, the ABC affiliate in Baltimore when Tamir Goodman was playing in high school. So I know the fanaticism so this down is the here. Okay? Got it. Got it. The Here's Jewish another Jordan. side note. And this is why I say I know the backstory with, Her- with the Katz story. Harold Katz ended up as an assistant coach for my alma mater. So now we're talking. <laughs> I knew when that matchup got set, I'm like, oh my God, like I'm going nowhere but that on Friday night. Like, there's no qu- Ryan's like, I'm coming down. Do you want to go somewhere else? I'm like, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm at Hopkins. Like, Tony, you're 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 insane. I want to go deaf on Friday night. I have plans on Saturday. And if Yeshiva had won, I was gonna figure out how to make those plans work while still showing up at the game. <laughs> And it was Yeshiva Hopkins. I didn't, I, I wasn't going to go to right. any other version. And I, I'm just telling you one of the things, and I called Sam Hackins in the moment I got the bracket, because I get the bracket before everybody else does. I called him. I went, you, you, what a sir. Flex. And he, I, I said, like tell me, he goes, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause Sam grew up a couple miles from where I currently live. Unbelievable. Like, you, you are a stud. He goes, oh, that place is going to become unglued. And of course we all know what happened after that, but. Uh, I just wanted to mention that I was I was so jazzed for that weekend and so jazzed that it both hurt me on the show to have Elliot and talk about what was going on. It hurt me to then be sitting on my couch, literally closing my computer when the news came out about no fans. And listen, I was naive at the time. Yeah. I didn't. I was so engrossed right here in this studio, so engrossed in what was going on in the studio. I didn't understand all that. I didn't understand what was going on. So to see that happen, and it started eight days for me that and we won't have to go all that, but I was so jazzed for that weekend. I could not <laughs> wait for those games. And uh, obviously it didn't turn out how we wanted, but oh man. I, I, so I well, love, by the way, back to Bob's point. I love that we got little odes to, to that season's tournament in this year's tournament. I, I think there's a couple more there. We just don't realize, to be honest. I, I think uh, just to build off of that, I think, listen, Sheep University, Maccabees, as much as we love them, we're not getting a pool seabed. 
But I think Max Nation as a fan base would have gotten a pool C bid this year. We're, we're, I, if I do say so myself, we're, we're a very passionate group of, had, group of folks. I had people across the country messaging me, and even this year, who I know, we're like, all right, where's, where's Yeshiva going to be playing? The regionals are not preset, right? I can't determine where I'm going to be next week. I'm like, no, man, you can't. You should know this stuff. <laughs> I, even I'm getting text messages from friends of mine who want to figure out where the heck Yeshiva is playing. I want to add something here. I, I want to add something here because I want to also get I, I the pot, some fans. I, I spent 10 hours today, right? Making calls for hotels and calling places and people who want to come out on Friday and spend the Sabbath. Cause they're not sure if they're going to get back in time, right. Who want to come out from different communities around. And there, there's some great communities I, within an hour's reach. I wanted to ask, you know, do, do, is this like do, do when you have schools right that they take advantage of the schools like is the fan base kind of left to their own devices is how does it work in terms of you know schools and ticket allotments and, and things like that so is, is, is no, they usually, do they usually go so what happens is i mean by nca regulations uh half the tickets stay with the home team and they split the other half evenly between the other three um and what they do is they offer the school those tickets like for both games, meaning for both games or well, normally they would be in one session together when they know it's right. going to be got a big it, sellout, it, right? They know Yeshiva is going to bring a lot of people. They know Stockton's going to have a lot of people there. They've split this session so that right. you're buying one ticket for one game. That way they make sure that they can get the most fans in that. You're not, you know, somebody who's, who's only there for the second game is not taking up your seat to keep you from watching. Yeah, because normally you could buy one seat, you get it both games Friday, but occasionally we'll get these split sessions where there's too small a gym uh, in Goldfarb's case at Johns Hopkins and in Stockton's case, it's because we know that we know, like I'm part of this um, there. It's known that it's going to be a big enough crowd that they don't want to hurt a chances for fans who want to see their team and B as, as Ryan said, you get in there and you're like, well, no one's even here. Like we could have gotten more people in. So yeah, that's what, that's what that's all about. And so a lot of schools will just put those on sale for their own people for a few days. I think by Thursday, they have to give back whatever they haven't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's Thursday by noon or something like that. But a lot of times for a school like yours, I'm sure that those allotment, whatever it is, is not publicly available, right? There's, there's, uh, VIPs and people who have the right connections at YU who are yeah, there's are different ways to do it and getting those. Um, but you know, someplace like Pomona that's flying to Elmhurst, you know, the families that are going will get a few tickets and they'll give them back. And yeah, then they give them back and then they're right. open to anybody who walks up at the door. Right. So. Uh, by the way, re- really quick shout out, sh- re- really quick shout out, uh, Shua, and then and then I want to turn it back over to you. Um, so just really quick shout out to Yeshiva Hartoro. <laughs> The most viral Jewish Twitter account uh, in the on the entire internet, which is now also in the chat. This uh, this is the most out of control chat that we've ever had in the Ball of Bots. And so just keep being awesome, you guys. Anyway, sorry, Shua, go ahead. <laughs> two things. One, I want to give you guys fair warning. We are going to ask for final four picks before we let you guys go. So just giving you a warning to prep. Um, second, second thing, I want to hear where 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 can we expect to see you guys this week, and what are your plans? Any any plans to attend games? Uh, start with Matt. I will. I thought for a few minutes about traveling. I'm not going to be able to travel, so I'll be watching games uh, remotely from from Michigan here. Not making the trek out to Platteville, where Calvin's going to be playing St. John at UW Platteville. You are not um, a dedicated fan, man. I yeah, I'm not <laughs> dedicated. Um, so unfortunately, not. We'll see about future weekends, but I'm definitely going to be in Fort Wayne. 
Oh, I'll see you Love there. As long as he's that, that's a fan who has belief, by the way. He doesn't need to watch the early rounds. <laughs> no, I like that. He'll be We're going. We'll be there. He's not wasting his money on a loss. <laughs> the, sim- simple faith is very important in the Jewish tradition. Anyway, so. <laughs> um, so I made the decision that if I was going to travel up to Bloomington uh, to the Illinois Wesleyan pod, that I would miss all the Friday games traveling. So I'm going to, I've made the, the gamble that I'm going to stay here in Dallas. So I can watch every game Friday, including my Titans Friday, Saturday, and uh, I'm counting on two wins and I will be in the gym for the Titans the rest of the way, wherever they get sent for the second week. And I will be there. And I have already purchased many, many months ago, my tickets to Fort Wayne. I used to go to Salem, Virginia, regardless of IW being there or not, I will be in Fort Wayne regardless, just like I was the last time there was a tournament in Fort Wayne. I was there with my esteemed colleagues here and I will, I will be there. And we oh, heard the Belton broadcasters was too far the other drive. day, right? Oh. I was just going to say Belton's too far a drive for you, Bob. You're not going to go see the I Texas. Thought <laughs> I, I thought about it. I thought, no, really, I'm still, it's still in my head. Belton's is about, What is it, three hours? Four? It's three hours down there to where Mary Harden Baylor's. But if, again, that'll mess up my theory of like, I'd like to be able to watch the Yeshiva game. I'd like to be able to watch all the game. Now with the staggered starts, I mean, I can take that afternoon off work and watch the game. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'd love to go to Belton, but that would blow up me seeing a bunch of games too. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. All right. So uh, uh, I Dave, think what we, we got? should. Yeah, let's. Uh, I think we got Dave on tab next. <laughs> um, so a little bit of a wonky weekend. First off, it's crossover season for me. So believe it or not, I start getting into lacrosse um and some other uh spring sports that i i broadcast for some local schools i interestingly enough don't have that this weekend but um there was a celebration recently that i couldn't take a lot of time for so that's been moved to saturday um and so i won't be going anywhere if i go somewhere on friday i might go to randolph macon um but i actually there might be something else going on so i might do what a lot of the other guys are doing sitting here in the studio and and watching a bunch of games and enjoying it my, my uh, kids get into it, especially my son, so he might join me and watch some of the games as well. We've oh, thought about awesome. doing a whip around, but I think we're gonna um, we're not going to be able to pull all the resources together. But it will be fun to watch the games from home. Uh, and again, I'll be in Fort Wayne. Tell us a little bit about, about your son's robotics. That's oh, awesome. yeah. Well, I'll be in Bob's neck of the woods apparently in early May. Um, my son, yeah, talk about throwing a wrinkle in that I did not see coming. Last Saturday... I ended up doing work from a a middle school gymnasium while watching my son's robotics team. He's on a middle school robotics squad. And the way it works. Shouts to him. Yeah. So the way it works is they do all these qualifications and you get randomly. I say randomly because it's not like they they preset it. I think a computer probably does it. You get set with another team and you as two teams work as a team to defeat the other two. And you accumulate points. And then obviously you, you're mixed and matched throughout qualifications with a bunch of different, you might end up with your school, you might end up with other schools, et cetera, et cetera. They ended up pretty high qualifying, but not the top. The number one team picked them for elimination. So in eliminations, you can pick your team and your team then, that's your team for the eliminations. They don't mix and match during eliminations. So the top team and Andy's team actually had paired together a couple of weeks back and apparently did really well together that they started talking during the qualifications about trying to make that happen as long as Andy's team was <laughs> doing well. And they were doing well. They were top 10 qualifications of the 24 teams 
for the entire day at one point in the top five. So they paired up. Long story short, they got all the way to the championship match, and the four teams in the championship automatically qual- qualified for world championships. And then they w- lost the first of the be- of the best of three, and then won the next two. So they won the state championship on top of that, which just screwed with my Saturday. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're going to world championships in Dallas, Texas, uh, early May. I tell my kids never to achieve. And it's just, <laughs> I, try to, I try to let them know. I already told him. I said, listen, buddy, I hate to, Yeah, I already told others. I didn't tell him. I already told others. I said, you know what this means now, right? This means he's never going to qualify for Worlds again. He's never going to win a state championship. We have peaked way too early. <laughs> we have hit the zenith in his first year, and now he thinks this is normal. <laughs> world needs more elon musk's and, and he got, oh, he's no. got his way I'm to go away. he plays sports and he got into robotics and, and I'm he a, plays I'm sports if course. anyone wants to look it up no he plays basketball he plays soccer he plays um lacrosse i thought that's you know I, I didn't think he was into the tech side he's totally into the tech side and if you want to look it up i think it's vex v-e-x robotics that's the competition there's Shouts. a bunch of different levels i love Dude, I, it i live yeah. next door to to a guy who was a football player at, at Rutgers University, big dude, offensive lineman, and spent the rest of his time after that. He is a world champion pumpkin chucker. They build their own <laughs> pumpkin chucking machines, and and, and the dude is legendary. Awesome. So I'm telling you, that, you know, you could have crossover careers. Do it all. Don't sell him short. No, he he's, do he it loves all. It. He loves it. So we're going to be literally, I don't know if Bob's available. I, I checked with my MLB employers. Or I checked schedules if we should be playing by then. Um to see if Texas was going to, the Rangers were going to be playing that week. I'm in Dave. I I would like to uh, do a little bracketology on this thing. You know, some regionally ranked robotics. I love it. I love it. Just remember the top 25 has nothing to do. That's correct. All the rankings leading up. It's not going to matter. Well, actually, before we get to some uh, final four predictions, I know I want to be respectful of everyone's time before we start. I want to hear where Ryan's going to be. Yeah, so I want to hear where Ryan's going to be, and then I had a question for Ryan. Because <laughs> we have articles coming, so, we got to read D three. Who? I mean, we we we, we want to know. We, we get to feel the experience. I actually had quite a roller coaster on Monday because the brackets come out, and then we get the times for all the games, and I'm all excited because I am less than two hours from Galloway, New Jersey, and uh, I look at my calendar and I realize my daughter is off school on Friday, and we, we uh, need another fan. So I start. <laughs> I, I start with in on the how much pizza and ice cream is it going to take for you to spend nine hours in a car watching basketball with me? And uh, so we went and I, I had kind of guilted her into maybe one game and we'll see what happens from there, only to find out that my, my wife is a teacher and they have professional development that day, which they're allowed to do from home. So I will be at the Yeshiva Johns Hopkins game at Stockton. And then my plan is to, we're talking. to cut out right after the game and drive up to Swarthmore and catch the Swarthmore Keene State game uh, at the second location before I head back home. That was well, the correct, change, the correct answer. If to you change question. your mind, I, I will be there with my ninth grade daughters. So if we want, they want to hang hey. out. We could, we could make it happen. Uh, so I, I had a, I had a quick question, a quick question for Ryan before we get the final four predictions. But first, uh, shout out to Isaac Hollander in the chat. Uh, what's the cue line for that robotics competition? Uh, Bob, <laughs> anyway, I would say Dave's son minus six is the key wow. line. It's, it's <laughs> fairly convincing. Wow. Fairly convincing. We have no idea what that, that means in robotics. We have no idea, but it's, 
Right. It's set. It's there. The scores are in the thousands. I don't know the scores. It could scores be are like, in the hundreds. It could be like D3 <laughs> swimming. Like I'll see a score on Twitter like Illinois Wesleyan lost 400 to 50 in swimming. I'm like that. They should have taken the starters out. What? what? <laughs> oh, I don't when know if robotics is the same. When you posted that result, I honestly thought you were posting another, uh, the, the prop. What's, what's that? That's just a system result. I really thought that was. And then I saw IWU and I was like, there's no way Illinois Wesleyan lost this much to the system. All, all I'm saying is, is, is I've, I've got Dave's son dominating the robotics competition. Whatever that makes the Q line, that's the Q line. So I have a, a question for you, Ryan. Yeah. Um, we have uh, a lot of people watching now. I mean, Max Nation really turned out tonight because you guys are uh, unbelievable. Uh, I want you to, to be the Joker for Max Nation and just burn Gotham to the ground. What would have to happen for the Max to host another home game this season? So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Bob, the way Bob, this is Bob, Bob well, knows no this, matter what Ryan answers, Bob, Bob may is well, fielding the questions. Bob, no matter Bob what may, he answers, Bob's gonna get the question. You Bob, know, guys, Bob, you may as well just Twitter throw too. away your phone now. Bob, I am on Twitter hey, too. Ready. Like I am approachable. I think. Yeah. Anyway, Bob, hit the follow so, button for Ryan Allen Scott on Twitter. So, so, um, Marietta is at the top of that particular quadrant, which would put them in line to host all the way through to Fort Wayne. Um, however, in, in D3, we have this, not quite a rule, but the guideline that we minimize the number of flights that happen. And the NCAA has to pay for a flight for a team if they are this year, 600 miles or more away from the site. So even if, if they bus, by the way, it's considered a flight. They don't ask right. after the fact. Right. And so, um, the top seeds in that quadrant, obviously the hosts, we got Swarthmore and Stockton and Christopher Newport and Marietta. And if they all go through, they can all get to Marietta just fine. It's a drive. However, Keene State is up in New Hampshire. And uh, if they come through. And Matt's, number, that, and Matt's number is like Keene. I mean, Keene's a great team. Yeah. And, and, and so if they come through, they are more than 600 miles away from Marietta. They are more than 600 miles away from Christopher Newport, who couldn't host anyway because their women the will be right. there almost certainly. Assuming the women, yeah. Um, and, and so they would need <laughs> to find some place that all of those teams can get to within 600 miles, and it would be... Swarthmore. Uh, Stockton or <laughs> Hopkins or Yeshiva, whoever happens to come out of that pod, would be the logical choice in that instance, you and guys so, heard uh, it here. Breaking Swarthmore. news on the ball about team. You should have to beat well, Keene State through. would have to beat Swarthmore, right? So there wouldn't I be. I know. There. I was, that was and, that's why I and said just it. a little sneak preview. <laughs> the uh, the uh, D3 D3 hoops.com tourney preview is coming out uh, tomorrow. And I, I have picked Keene State to beat Swarthmore in the first round, guys. So, and we're gonna uh, have them beating us. We go state because that is so good. I actually, I don't think so. I, I, I haven't looked at it in the last couple hours. I turned it in yesterday, but I can't imagine I would have picked Keen over Oswego because that's a terrible matchup for them. So, um, so you heard, yeah, yeah. You, you heard it here on the ball about them. Breaking news. Ryan Scott confirms that Yeshiva University will be hosting another home game this season. Please direct all of your questions to Bob Coleman on Twitter. There we go. Uh, and uh, um, anyway. Uh, Ari, you know what just happened, right? Ari, they 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 just went up to the track and started dusting off Bob's chair. 
They, they thought it was done for the season. They pulled it back out, and now it's it's getting ready. Pretty sure it's going to be standing, way, standing room only in there, though, if that, if that happens. Yeah, so. how many? How much does that place officially see? 27. I only saw it at 70%, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but there was like 25,000 in they, there. Dave, I don't know if you saw this in the championship manual. They dropped the minimum for second weekend I know. from 12, 12 to 1,000. Yeah, I'm just curious. Specifically for your team, be plenty. Yeah, I believe I believe the president of Yeshiva University is friends, former college roommates, in fact, with the general manager of Madison Square Garden. So uh, maybe maybe we rent, maybe we just get MSG, make that the new Max. Anyway, shouts to Yeshiva Hartor in the chat. Keep up the great work. We got to go, but we want to start a celebrity row at Yeshiva Hartorah Games. Ari, you're invited anytime. You're all invited. Seriously, let us know you're coming. Yeshiva Hartorah foam fingers for all of you. So, uh, uh, Bob, Matt, Dave, and Ryan, uh, we got foam fingers coming your way. Uh, the Bullabotham are nothing if not merch positive. We will um, see the only, the that's the only thing my daughter likes about basketball is the foam fingers. So we need one of those over here. Well, if you guys like merch, Hoopsville is going to have some merch soon. Yes, Hoopsville. Everyone hit the follow <laughs> button. Dave, if you get that uh, Ryan Gold jersey on sale, you'll, you'll uh, pay your budget for the next, like, Wait, five what, what jersey do, or what shirt do I need to get? Take that that number eleven back there. Yeah, forget it. There we go. If so you want the Jacob Steinmetz, uh, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna want that. The, Orthodox, the, the greatest uh, Orthodox Jewish baseball prospect ever. Uh, probably the greatest troll job in the history of the oh, of Jewish fantastic. of Jewish sports Twitter. Uh, we had Coach Steinmetz on last night, and without telling us, brought on uh, his son, uh, Orthodox Jewish baseball superstar Jacob Steinmetz just to get out of answering our questions. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> you just talk about someone who has just a head for X's and O's. Brilliant job by Coach Steinmetz. Um, turning now as we wrap it up to Final Four predictions. Uh, Matt, why don't, you, uh, why don't you lead us off? Who do you got in your Final Four? All right, I'll start in the bottom right. Uh, that's where Randolph-Macon is. I think they're the best team in the tournament, so I'm going to take Randolph-Macon. Um, moving up, um, kind of the Marietta Quadrant. Uh, I think you guys are all familiar with that quadrant. Um, I am going to take those pioneers, my Marietta, um, sticking with, sticking with the top overall seeds. Shouts to um, Ryan Whitnable. <laughs> moving over to the bottom left, uh, quadrant that, um, Mr. Quillman's familiar with over there. Um, I am going to, going to stay boring and I'm going to go with Emory and then the top left, uh, the team you're going to see coming out of the Oshkosh region. Is going to be the Calvin Knights. Oh my, oh my God! Here we go. Oh, oh please! Well, the, Ca- I- the Calvin <laughs> and Hobbs drop the mic. Matt just hope, pieces out that- while this chat melts down into slag. I, I hope love we it. come out of the bottom left because remember that one time a couple months ago where we beat you without Lambesis by like twenty points. So I mean, let- <laughs> with single digits. Wait, with those picks, you were invited to the Bahabatan bracket pool. Um, so welcome. By the way, I shout shouts to uh, shouts to the chief rabbi because his constituents, his congregants, have come out uh, in force in the chat tonight. Shouts to Joel Sule up in the chat. Let's not overlook Illinois Wesleyan in my eyes, contender. Uh, so Ooh. you're getting love, Bob, uh, tonight in the chat. Joel Sule, shouts to Joel. Uh, to Joey, a, Joey, sorry. That pot as they do shouts to Joey. Joey. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, my it, God. It hurts because it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, we have we love Matt so much in the ball of Atem. Amazing. So uh, that's the, uh, the final four. Lock it up. From uh, from Matt Snyder, uh, uh, Bob, you want to go next? 
my my picks are, are in the boring category too so i'm gonna go bottom right randolph macon i'm gonna go top right the team that i feel like has been the most underrated team all year even though they're rated like two or whatever is marietta i don't see marietta losing um i don't see randolph macon losing um I think the Oshkosh pot is fascinating and that you got Platteville in it and Elmhurst in it. And uh, not to mention, you know, the the Texas pod is connected in there, but I'm still going to take Oshkosh. The one place I'm not going to take the top seed is going to be the bottom left where I believe the most talented team and the team with the best big guys plus guards plus defense plus kind of big game experience. I'm going to take a little team called Illinois Wesleyan from Bloomington, <laughs> Illinois. So I've got Illinois Soccer. Wesleyan playing Oshkosh hey, no. and Marietta and playing RMC. What a so home. So far we've had a favorite plus the, plus the hometown favorite in each pod. Good, good choice, guys. So far I, I think that, I tell you what, Shu, when we do the post, I want you to play this video back on this thing. If, when those are the four, I want you to not forget this. I want you to play this back. Don't lose the intensity now. Shua. Bob bringing the same confidence that he brought to our pregame show of the Illinois Wesleyan Yeshiva University game. So I like it. How'd that turn out? Ari, how'd that turn out? I don't even want to talk about it. Dave, uh, why don't you go next? That's, that's so last year, Bob. That's last year. <laughs> I might disappoint you guys. I don't technically do these, and the reason oh, I don't. Oh, okay. what a flex! I love it. He's the like reason I, Street. He's wait, like wait, Kirk you Kirk gotta Street. wait. There's a little yeah. more here. We got no. There's no, a reason I don't do it. The reason I don't do it is because I am on the call for the semifinals. Oh, you guys! Yeah, I've been doing it for a few years now, and I don't want anybody claiming I've got favoritism or I had a team in the horrors, whatever. So I a few years back made a conscious choice that listen, I'll talk all you want. I can certainly give you, you know, thoughts on teams and stuff, but I, I get a little gun shy trying to make final four predictions because I don't want people coming back saying that my professional side of it, I was uh I was favoring somebody because of it or something. So I, I duck out of that. I will say, I, I'll say this much out of that Oshkosh pod, I like Oshkosh's chances. I like I think Mary Harden Baylor is gonna have an interesting run. Um, Platteville certainly got something to prove. Uh, don't have any th- hopes or prayers that Calvin gets out of the first round. Um, and I kind of like some other teams in the, out of the, in the first lower round left. or the first weekend, <laughs> first round, first round, that's no hopes bit, or prayers to beat St. John's. St. John's. That's going to be a pretty Calvin, even matchup. Calvin's, yeah, Johnny like Calvin's, Calvin's beating St. John. Calvin's better than St. John's will beat St. Okay. John's. Just book it right now. Okay. Book it. Okay. I like I'm that. Matt that Snyder train. Was that a pun um, intended? No hope. Emory, I like Emory, but I, it's too bad. They're going to have to play Wabash early on. I think that's unfortunate. Uh, I think, you know, Washington's got something to prove. Mount Union might be a sleeper in that spot. Uh, I do like Randolph Macon's chances, but you can't overlook WPI. You can't overlook Wesleyan in there. And the Marietta's group, I think they're going to, if they have to play Rochester in the second round, that's going to be a real tough tough test uh i also like kind of christopher newport sleeping in that group too yeah don't don't watch the uh the the repost of this where we just zoom in on the terrell jersey and dub over your answer so don't worry about it it'll all be good the real Shout- reason the real reason he won't give you picks is because he's picked johns hopkins to the final four that's why. <laughs> oh by, by the way yeah, you, you heard it point. you heard it here confirmed dave McHugh aggregators get on it dave McHugh yeshiva university has no chance in the upcoming game against johns hopkins <laughs> university stick it on the bulletin board in the msac 
Uh, and by the way, shouts to uh, the other band, uh, the, the my other half uh, bandwagon boy, Simi Cohen in the chat, uh, Homer Simpson's all over the place. I love it. Um, so uh, at least from Matt and Bob. So uh, that brings us to uh, that brings us to you, Ryan. What do we got? Final four. Unfortunately, my alma mater with a losing record lost in the, the conference <laughs> championship game. So we don't I mean, I could have gone with mine, but Goucher hasn't been in the tournament since the 90s. <laughs> um. You're talking, well, Dave, you're talking to a community, a, an Orthodox Jewish community of uh, a large contingent of Mets and Jets fans and Knicks fans. So uh, we feel you anyway. Right. Luck with Scherzer. <laughs> so I, I get the immense privilege and it really is one of the most fun things I do all year. The last four or five tournaments, I get to write the official D3hoops.com preview. Um, Check it out, everyone. And the actually, I'll just I'll throw him under the bus right now because he won't care too much. But the one time that I have been forced by our editor, Pat Coleman, to change a pick was when I, I had Yeshiva going one round farther than he thought was humanly possible the last time we had a tournament. Um, that was awesome, by the way. I, I believe That's he, amazing. I believe he told me that I could not have them beating Randolph Macon in the last tournament but i don't I know i think you're right i think he i think he said hey hey hey, hey. stick he it said, on the said, bulletin board he said it was one round too far anyway tomorrow it should go up on d3hoops.com you'll get to see every pick i have for the entire tournament there's Amazing. some players to watch uh it's only 2300 words this time uh <laughs> which is about half of what it was the last time i wrote it um but my final four picks um i have oshkosh going through I think they've got, uh, I mean, nothing is easy, but I think they have the easiest pathway through there. The best team in that bracket, they have beaten three times already this year. Um, <laughs> so they should be able to do that. I too have Illinois Wesleyan coming out of there. So we'll have an, a giant jinx that <laughs> can happen down on the bottom side. Uh, the Ron rematch, Rose is ducking for cover right now. <laughs> the, the rematch from November. <laughs> That that was an overtime game, right, Bob? That was overtime. That Illinois no, it Wesleyan. was a, it was a one point game uh, in regulation. No regulation. Overtime. All right, but it was a, a close game, a great game, probably the the best regular season game we've had this year, and uh, it's it's going to get repeated in my mind. Um, one of the things I love about doing the preview is you get to dig into the stats, and I did not realize how good Marietta's stats were. I've seen them in person this year and I knew they were very good. And I would say as long as they can take care of the ball, they'll be great. And turns out they have the, the fewest turnovers and the best assist to turnover ratio in the country. Uh, Bob brought up Jason Ellis earlier. I'm going to shoot out Luke Isley, their point guard. He has the ball in his hand almost the entire game and just doesn't ever give it up. And uh, I, I think he's, he's a tremendous player. I've got Marietta coming out of that, that bracket up there. And at the bottom, I am going with the upset because I don't like picking the, the big favorites. I'm going to take WPI out of that bottom because I think Randolph Macon is going to have so much trouble getting past UMass Dartmouth that they are not going to have any gas left to deal with the big guys from WPI. I cannot wait for that so. game. That is that is my – I cannot wait just to watch those guys, Buzz and, and Azer, play. That, I hope that matchup happens. I knew Ryan didn't listen to a lot of Hoopsville, but I now realize he doesn't listen to any of it. Because <laughs> the Marietta stat was all about that interview. <laughs> and a couple, a couple, a couple episodes ago on the Bob Bottom, I mentioned that Marietta has lower than a ten percent turnover. Uh, like, oh, their 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 turnover stats are sick. They're like nine point eight percent. It's ridiculous. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. and they, and they play super fast. Like, if you look at the 
the turnover leaders, they're all these teams that play super slow and they just have fewer possessions. And Marietta runs like crazy and they score like crazy. And even watching them, you wouldn't realize that they, they take care of the ball so well because they're throwing that all over the, the floor all the time. They're so much fun to watch. And, 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 uh, they're, they're even better than I thought. And, uh, yeah, I, I think That's they scary. They're headed to Fort Wayne. You know what they've done? Right, I, perfect. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. I was going to say, what I like what Marietta's done this year that, it, that they, I think they struggled with in the past is they keep getting better during the season and a lot of good seasons they've had, they peaked early. They peaked before the end of the regular season. They peaked before the conference tournament. They were, they take a, a, a couple of losses in February that you're sitting there going, what's going on? Cause it's not, felt like they hit that peak and then they came down again. And so when they get in the NCAA tournament, they're just not what they were this year. It feels different. I saw them in Vegas and I, I thought they were good, but I didn't think they were great, but they, what I, the team I'm watching in February is a lot better than the team I'm watching in, in December. And that isn't always the case with them, which I, which I think makes them a really good team in this tournament this year. They've gotten scarier as the season goes along, and they come at you in waves. They don't. They shoot from the outside like superbly well. They don't. Oh, they shoot great. Ryan, you gave me a perfect opportunity to plug advanced metrics because when you look at turnover as a percentage of possessions, you don't have to worry about how many possessions, how slow right, or right. fast the team's pace of plays. You get you get the overall, and they have the lowest turnover percentage by like a wide margin at below ten percent. But it's just superb. Yeah, um, I'd be very worried facing Marietta. Well, please, please, God, we get the opportunity to have that problem. Uh, no, sorry, not that I mean to get you Aria, well, as we as we wind down, and I know yeah. I know we are winding down, and we really can't think enough time. One of the one of the questions we got in the chat from Ailey was, how do we get the opportunity to have such legends? How do we pull this together? And the, the honest truth, because I think it's as important to say, is like the honest truth is because these guys are so giving of their time and so giving to this D3 community. Um, it's just unreal. It has nothing to do with us. It's really everything to do with them. Uh, I really think that needs to be said. I really, what you guys do for the for the community, you know, people were asking, do these guys do other things? Or is this their, do they get paid? Is this their job? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I don't think that, you know, someone mentioned in the chat, I don't think they pay the coaches. I'm not sure these guys can get also, you know, so our, our coach has to have another job. We, we know that you guys, guys do this uh in just a tremendous tremendous um generosity of spirit so uh thank you thank you for uh, for making yourselves available it's really well, hey, unbelievable just know that the guys community really appreciates us. it yeah you guys have been awesome and yeshiva nation and you guys have just created this community where we've all come together so i just want to thank you guys too this and, has been so fun and you ask right i, I yes. mean <laughs> ask to do it if there's a washington and jefferson podcast out there i'm sure we would go to that if we needed to right that's i just it, no, they haven't called. So, can we not like? Can we cut the feed? Can we cut the feed? Let's uh, <laughs> please. By the way, give all of these guys their amazing resources. As Nathan said, they're so generous and magnanimous with their time. Please give all of them follows on Twitter at Dave McHugh uh, for Dave at Ryan Allen Scott right for Ryan uh, at IWU Hoops.com for the Chief Rabbi and at FFT Mag F at FFT Mag for Matt. They are incredible resources. They're so friendly. They're so fun. Uh, and we, we just to echo Nathan, and I know I'm, I'm speaking for the whole uh, Balabatham crew when I say this, we cannot thank you enough for giving so much of your time to educate us. And, you know, I know we can, we can be a lot over the course of a season. 
so just thanks you thank you so much for being good sports with us. We got Morty Lifer shouting it out in the chat too. Just wanna, oh, wanna we got <laughs> Gabe's Gabe's dad. My uh, guy Morty know, joining. Your guy Morty. So why you, know, you Max again. royalty in the chat? This is unbelievable. All the celebrities have been here tonight. It's I'd like to give a big shout out to one of my favorite parts of that. Uh, the 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 game in New York was uh, about three four hours before the game, hanging out with Morty and his son at Burgers and Grill and just talking basketball and talking life. So I want to say hi to Morty and Morty. Uh, I hope to see you in the gym before the season's over. I have to say, by the way, on on that note, I. I took, uh, I think I said this in the last show. I took uh, my girls uh, to see uh, the last couple of Max uh, games. I took my oldest to see the the first game of the conference run. Took my second to see the second game, to see the semifinals. And both of them begged to stay afterwards so that they could get autographs from Ryan Terrell and Gabe Leifer and get pictures of both of them. And I got to say, shouts to Ryan and shouts to Gabe for just being so incredibly generous, sticking around with smiles in their faces and enjoying their hearts, taking pictures with every single kid who wanted one, signing autographs for every single kid who wanted one. What unbelievable mentions. So shouts to you guys. What an unbelievable uh, evening this has been. Thank you to, to all of you guys for, for joining us. We're, we're so grateful. Please follow d3hoops.com, follow Hoopsville, uh, follow all these guys on Twitter. Watch the show tomorrow. Got to read the preview tomorrow. It's basically I, I just took off work this week. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great idea. <laughs> Smart. And Mort, Marty Lifer in the chat showing love for Bob. Shouts to Marty. That's incredible. Uh, we uh, we really love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys. Thanks Thank you. Us. You guys. We'll see you soon. We're not a one. We're not. We're not a one year wonder. This is this is this is going around the max basketball. Yeah, we, we already signed up IW for next year. So really looking forward to uh, staying hot, staying good, recruiting for the same players. Yeah. It's, it's the whole new world for us, and we love it. <laughs> guys, if Thank you're you Jewish guys. and know how to dribble a basketball, please call Coach Elliot Steinmetz immediately. Uh, anyway, uh, please, uh, just before before we go, uh, thank you so much to the mighty, mighty Mayor Wiesel and the ones and twos engineering us to the moon. We could not do this show without him. He's the man behind the scenes. He's the reason this all goes. He's the reason it looks as good as it does. He's responsible for that absolute fire interstitial at the beginning of the show, uh, featuring the greatest play in the history of the Yeshiva University Maccabees program. Uh, as Bob pointed out on Twitter, I'm not crying, you're crying. The last points scored at home by the all-time Yeshiva leading scorer, Ryan Terrell, and the last home assist by the all-time Yeshiva University leading uh, assist leader, Gabe Leifer. A thing of beauty. Mayor is amazing. And as Mayor always tells us to tell you, like and subscribe to the Balabatin channel on YouTube. The momentum is real. The hype is real. Uh, this place is super duper fun. And we're just having a good time. So uh, uh, it's been amazing to be hanging out with you guys tonight. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, 37 guys. and a half hours till tip off, guys. 37 <laughs> and a half hours. Hey, roll, Max, roll. Let's go. Yes. Oh, see you guys. Take care, guys. Thanks, everyone.